And I think this speaks to the fact that we in the American Catholic Church, especially, and in the Western Catholic Church, we have accidentally adopted the prosperity gospel. So my wife is one of those people who likes to take spiders outside instead of killing them. So we had this big spider in our house. So she, you know, she saw it. She's like, please don't kill him. Take him out. So I was like, all right. So I took the spider out, had a few drinks. He's a nice guy. He's a web designer, actually. Hey, everyone. Welcome to episode 183. If this is your first time listening, we start every episode with a dad joke. Hope you enjoyed that. Uh, and also, please rate and review this podcast because it helps other people find it. And head over to our website, manafoodforthought.com or manafft.com. And sign up by clicking subscribe for our weekly Psalm Reflection email that comes out every Wednesday. And if you feel so inclined, you can click on the Give tab and support this podcast for as little as $1 a month. Become a patron. Patrons get perks. And uh, we're very appreciative of all of our patrons praying for you. Thank you so much for all that you do. Uh, And please share this podcast with a friend. If you've been a longtime listener, uh, please share it with someone else you think might benefit from it. Share it on social media. Um, You can tag us. uh, The best place is on Instagram, tag us at Man of Food for Thought and interact with us there. Uh, all of the announcements of our, our podcasts and, and Psalm Reflections and stuff go, go up there. So yeah, without further ado, let's get into our joy junk and Jesus. My joy this week, um, we had a wonderful uh, weekend um, and with the kids. We went apple picking in Oak, Oak Glen up in Yucaipa in Southern California on uh, Friday Spent the whole day up there, and that was that was a really nostalgic thing for my wife and I. We both did that when we were kids, and it's they've added a lot there since we we were there. It was like a totally new experience, and my kids loved it. They had a great time, and then the next day it was kind of like an animal themed day. Um, we went out to breakfast like we usually do, but then we went to the blessing of the animals at uh, at our church for um, the feast day of Saint Francis. It was a few days after his feast day. And then we went to see the new Paw Patrol movie in theaters. And it was the first time my kids have ever seen a movie in the movie theaters. And they were just like, like in awe. It was so cool to just have that experience of doing all of that stuff through their eyes and see that kind of childlike wonder and excitement. So that brought a lot of joy. My junk has been, I haven't, I haven't been feeling very great physically and feeling very much like my autoimmune disease has been kind of flaring up. And so um, just prayers for me. It, part of it has been being in the sun too much. Part of it has just been like I can feel the inflammatory effects of when um, of when that's like not how it's supposed to be. Uh, so yeah, it just has a lot of um, side effects and symptoms that affect my like mental clarity and ability to focus, feel very foggy, lethargic. Um, my weight fluctuates, my hormones fluctuate very, very rapidly or very widely. I don't know the word, but um, I'm f- experiencing a lot of that lately. So if you could just pray for me, I'd appreciate it. And then my Jesus moment, um, there have been several um, at OCIA yesterday. Um, I was, we were getting toward the end and I wanted to play a video and it, I was going to go a couple minutes over if I had played it. And I was like, oh, I don't think we have time. And they were like, no, no, it's okay. We have time. And it was, it was like really cool to see how excited they are to be there and to learn um, and, and I'm just getting from, from them, from, from people at Bible study, people at my parish. I've had a lot of people coming up to me over the past few weeks, um, and just thanking me for the ministry that we do and for me sharing the gifts that I have. And, um, and it's, you know, all glory to God. It's, it's incredible what God is doing here and how often I experience the, the fruit, 
of what God is doing through through my ministry and through my gifts. And, and I'm very grateful for that. So just thank you to all of you who do that and who affirm me and encourage me and uh, affirm what we're doing in ministry. Uh, thank you to Yejin who came up to me at the Blessing of the Animals and just had some really kind words. I know you listen to this podcast, so shout out to you. And uh, yeah, I'm just so, so grateful. So I'd love to hear your joy, joy junks and Jesus, you know, always uh, love to hear that. So uh, let us know what's going on with you. But without further ado, we're going to get into our podcast episode. We're always looking at the second reading of this upcoming Sunday, which is the 28th Sunday in Ordinary Time. Our second reading comes from chapter four again of Philippians. This past week, we read verses six through nine. This week, we are reading verses 12 through 14 and then skipping to 19 and 20. And uh, this is our last moment in Philippians until we move. The second reading will now, I think, be in First Thessalonians for a while. Um, until the end of the liturgical year, basically. So our last kind of snippet of uh, Philippians, only four chapters. Remember, it's a letter that St. Paul wrote while in prison to the church in Philippi, which he helped found. And he traveled there. A lot of female converts and early female leadership in that church. Um, A lot of division, as there was in a lot of uh, the early churches, about what do we retain from old practices in Judaism or in Gentile, you know, pagan worship. How do we come together Uh, What is solidifying us and and what's central to Christianity? How do we have a united faith? And specifically in Philippians, it's about overcoming adversity, recognizing how to be Christian in the midst of suffering and division, to come together, to have peace, uh, very much along the lines of last week's reading. And so this this week's reading, you're going to hear similar things to that. Um, And so without further ado, let's get into it. Philippians chapter 4, verses 12 through 14 and verses 19 19 through 20. Here's what St. Paul writes to the church in Philippi. He says, Brothers and sisters, I know how to live in humble circumstances. I know also how to live in abundance. In every circumstance and in all things, I have learned the secret of being well-fed and of going hungry, of living in abundance and of being in need. I can do all things in him who strengthens me. Still, It was kind of you to share in my distress. My God will fully supply whatever you need. In accord with his glorious riches in Christ Jesus, to our God and Father, glory forever and ever. Amen. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So the thing I really want to draw out of this is when Paul is talking about in every circumstance and in all things, that we can do all things, whether we're living in humble circumstances or in abundance, whether we are well-fed or going hungry, whether we are in need or not, we can do all of those things in Christ who strengthens us. And so Paul is basically thanking them at the end of this letter because they're trying to support him this time in prison. He's basically like, it was kind of you to share in my distress, but like, I'm good. I'm okay. Like I have the Lord and I trust that God will supply whatever you need as well. And it begs the question, I think, are we faithful and following God in all seasons? Is it easy for you to have faith in God in all seasons? It's easy to have faith in God when everything is going well. But when things are really difficult, is God your first choice or your last resort? Do we go to him and do we recognize God is working and already up to something good in the midst of suffering, in the midst of loss, grief, worry, anxiety, fear, doubt? Or do we just begin to lose hope, despair, complain, whine immediately? And I think this speaks to the fact that we in the American Catholic Church, especially, and in the Western Catholic Church, we have accidentally adopted the prosperity gospel. 
the health and wealth gospel. This is something very much popularized by televangelists in the Protestant and evangelical world, people like Joel Olstein uh, and others, who basically say, if you follow God and you are faithful to him in what he asks, he will bless your life and you will have abundance. You will have wealth. Things will be, you'll be healthy. You'll be, everything will kind of fall into place. Good things will happen to you if you follow the Lord. And the problem with that is it says that nowhere in the Bible, and it's completely the opposite of what Jesus tells us. Because our life is not about us. Our life is not always going to go well. Eventually we will die. So it's not like everybody just who believes in God just has a super successful life and then just like passes peacefully when they so choose to do it under their terms and their circumstances. No, that never happens to anyone. Suffering is a part of life. It's a part of the reality that we live in a fallen world that is affected by sin. And even though we have been given the opportunity to be free of the punishments of sin because of what Jesus did on the cross, the effects and consequences of sin still run rampant in our world and affect our everyday life. And so a relationship with God, it doesn't necessarily make your life better in a quantitative way, meaning it's not anything that you can measure. Just because you have a relationship with God and you're faithful doesn't mean suddenly you'll have more money, more possessions, better relationships, etc. Some of those things might happen, especially more of the like emotional, relational, social things. Maybe you'll be more confident, less anxious, more at peace, but those things are less measurable. So in measurable ways of like possessions, money, etc., those things are not necessarily going to get better or worse. Our relationship with God makes everything better in a qualitative way. The quality of life, the purpose that we have, and I don't mean like your quality of life because that's sometimes used to talk about like health and material possessions and your abundance and your wealth. What I mean is like, we recognize that there is a deeper quality to life in general. There is a depth and a joy to life in general, regardless of the circumstances when we follow the Lord. But our life is not about us and simply making sure everything is going well with us. Jesus pretty much guarantees us in the Gospel of John in chapter 16, verse 33. He says, I have told you this so you might have peace in me. In the world you will have trouble, but take courage. I've conquered the world. So he's telling us, like, you will have trouble in this world, but remember that I have conquered it. Remember that I am always up to something good. So following him is not a guarantee that everything is going to work out great and you're never going to suffer. It's a guarantee that in the midst of the suffering, there is purpose. That everything that we experience in this life, God will use to orient us to something that will bring about our greatest possible good. But we may not experience the fullness of that good until we're with him in heaven. I think like, <clears throat> I don't know, I don't know how to articulate this, but I think when I, when we are looking at the world today and you're hearing all these voices on social media, um, there is this sense of like, you either have to be on either extreme, voicing some kind of extreme opinion on either end of a spectrum to get viral or to gain followers, or you're kind of in the middle and you're terrified of like being canceled. And so everyone who's on these extremes, they're, they're preaching and professing these things that are very like um, shock value type of ideas that promulgate this mentality. You'll hear this in, in the religious world on social media. You'll hear like, you know, like God is going to make everything better. 
or everything is terrible and the church is in crisis and in ruin. And everyone in the middle like doesn't really know how to behave and they're like they feel like they have to pick a side because if they if they say the wrong thing because of the climate of our world like we're worried something's going to happen. And then we also have apply that same thing to sharing our faith, to standing up for our faith and being worried about being persecuted. But Jesus basically guaranteed that persecution is going to happen. This is going to be part of those seasons of our life. He says this in Matthew chapter 5 in the Beatitudes, right after the Beatitudes, verses 11 and 12. He says, Blessed are you when they insult you and persecute you and utter every kind of evil against you falsely because of me. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward will be great in heaven. Thus they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Are you faithful to God in the seasons of persecution and suffering? Because Jesus is not saying if they happen. He's saying when they insult you and persecute you and utter every kind of evil against you falsely because of me. When it happens, it's a guarantee in the language Jesus uses that you will face this if you are living your faith with the boldness and the joy that you are called to live it with. It will cause ripples. It will shake up the lives of society and other people. Okay? I think a lot of people were like, oh, I don't want to make waves. I don't want to like cause a, a ruckus or any kind of disturbance. Well, that's exactly what Christianity does. It's completely countercultural. It will make waves when it is lived well. And so suffering, persecution, you know, the difficulty of trying to be faithful in society will come. But can we be faithful in every circumstance and in all things? Because, as Paul tells us, we can do all things in Christ who strengthens us. We can. Sin is a part of this world. We have all sinned. It says that in Romans chapter 3, verse 23. All sin and fall short of the glory of God. And Romans 6, 23 says the wages of sin is death. And so all of us are on this trajectory toward death. And Jesus, he doesn't take that away. He takes away the consequence of sin and allows death to be transformed into a doorway to the eternal life with him. But it doesn't mean that the effects of sin don't affect every single one of us. And that somehow, if we have a relationship with God, all of that's going to magically disappear. No. This is why this kind of once saved, always saved belief in evangelical Christianity makes no sense. Or this idea that uh, the doctrine of eternal security, that you can't lose your salvation once you gain it. It basically is saying, like, if you follow Jesus, then basically you never have to sin again. And it's completely against everything theologically that we know looking at the stories of people in scripture. Like we fail time and time again. That's why Jesus had to come down and do this on our behalf. Because we are finite sinful beings that need to pay an infinite price tag of sin to an infinite creator who is perfect. We cannot bridge that gap on our own. We need someone to do that for us who is infinite and who is perfect. Because otherwise we will be unfaithful. And so can you be faithful in every season? Can you recognize sin, suffering, persecution, difficulty, anxiety? These are just going to be parts of life. And your faith will not take those away. Your faith is what carries you through them and finds the purpose in the midst of them. That these things don't become obstacles to your faith, but they become ingredients to the future that God is building for you. Anything worth doing in life is difficult. It requires sacrifice. Sometimes we feel like, I don't even know if I can do this. It requires our blood, sweat, and tears. 
these things that are really meaningful in life, the sacrifices needing in relationships like parenthood, marriage, best friends, they don't just fall in your lap and they're not easy all the time. Otherwise, they just remain vapid and surface level, shallow relationships. Same thing with experiences of faith. If this is easy, if your faith just kind of fell in your lap, well, then I would argue that maybe your faith isn't deep enough. Maybe your faith isn't interfacing with the world and every part of your life as it should be. Maybe it's compartmentalized in this kind of comfortable little area where it never makes waves. Jesus says in Matthew 10, 38, whoever does not take up his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. That implies that he knows that we will have a cross, every single one of us, and that we are not meant to lay it down, but to take it up for a greater purpose. And so when you read or hear the second reading this week, I really want to encourage you to ask yourself, am I faithful and trusting in God in every circumstance, in all things, in every season? Do I trust that God will supply whatever I need? Do I trust that I can do all things in Christ who strengthens me and nothing without him? Because I'm a sinner and the wages of sin is death. And I am on a one-way ticket to hell the moment I am born because of the weight of sin until Jesus saved us on the cross. And when I claim that salvation for myself, it's not a one and done, but it's such a gift that's so valuable and so life-changing and transformative It should change everything about who we are. And because of that, because being Christian means to be set apart, everything about who we are will create tension with the world. There will be suffering. There will be difficulty. There will be persecution. Can I remain faithful and see the purpose in every season? And so I know there's some of you who are listening right now who are in the worst season of your life. You are completely in despair. Maybe your finances are completely terrible. You just lost your job or your relationship, your marriage, your family is on the rocks, you have children or friends who've fallen away from the faith, you feel like the world or the church is in crisis, like whatever it is, God is with you. God is faithful to you even when you are not faithful to him. You can do all things, but only in him who strengthens you. You cannot strengthen yourself. The only thing that we can do is take up our cross. Jesus doesn't say, pull yourself up by the bootstraps and do it of your own effort. No, he says, take up your cross. Carry that suffering. And pay attention to my way of the cross, my crucifixion, and see how I brought purpose out of my suffering, and you can too. Whether whether you see purpose in this or not, whether you have any idea of how this could possibly turn into something good, know that God is up to something good. And that this, believe it or not, whatever you're enduring or going through right now, in this season of your life or in the future, what you've been through in the past, all of it, all of these things are ingredients for your greatest possible good that God is working toward. Were these things necessary to happen? No. God didn't want them to happen because he didn't want sin to be part of the world and part of your life. And the brokenness and suffering we experience is all because of sin. But God allows it to respect our free will and then immediately uses it to bring about the greatest possible good. So trust in that. Trust that God is with you, that he will supply your every need, that you can do anything and all things in him, not on your own, but in him. And so in every circumstance and in all things, in every season, be faithful to him. Let him be your first choice and not your last resort. Go to him in your time of need immediately. 
before you complain, before you whine, before you try and grasp for control, before you do all the research on Google to try and figure out how to handle this situation, fall on your knees in prayer to the one who already has the answer. That is all I have for you this week, my brothers and sisters. God bless you. And until next time, I will see you in the Eucharist. Bye. Thank you.